In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Hello, and welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin, and this is episode number 120, The Right Stuff. The Right Stuff. Who does this come from, Erin? The new kids on the block. Obviously. And you, because you got the right stuff. The right stuff. You got the right stuff, baby. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Yeah. That was cathartic for my 13-year-old what? self. Cathartic. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. New Kids on the Blocker institution. Yeah. Ah. Well, I, you know, I picked this because, well, one, there's a couple things to note here. Mm-hmm. All summer long, we've been riding the wave of 80s pop songs as our theme. Yes. And this is the end of summer. Mm-hmm. So this is our final one. It is. And we figured let's go out with the ultimate 80s boy band song. Go out with a bang. And in terms of what we're thinking of theme wise, we're looking at like how we as women, mm-hmm. as girls, are taught to try and be the right stuff for boys. The right stuff. We gotta be the right stuff. Just like the, you got the right stuff. Baby. Love the way you turn, turn me, me on. on. Exactly. Mm. It's all about that mm. damn male gaze mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Jordan and uh, Donnie. Jonathan. And Jonathan. And, and D- Danny? Danny? Is there a Donnie and a Danny? That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a fourth one that we don't remember. Jordan, Jonathan, Danny, Donnie. Yeah, I got nothing. Oh, man. Maybe my mind has blocked it out. Like, yeah, listen, you had your yeah. time. You had plenty of time with these guys in your locker. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Dream 100%. and dreams. Dream and dreams. Loving on them. I had a keychain that you could look through and see the little pictures <laughs> of them. Like, What were they doing in the little picture? It was like little poses. Like I remember it was like fluorescent green and you held it up to your eye and you could change the picture. Like you could click a little button and then the wow. picture would change. Yeah. 
Interesting. It okay. sounds high tech, but it was like basically those, you know, did you ever have those old school oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. things you yeah. look through? Yeah, it was basically Do you think that. there was a porn version of that where you look through I and you're like, so. yeah, I hope so too. If not, that was a missed marketing opportunity. Missed In fact, marketing it could be happening now. I mean, it could People be. People love retro stuff. They sure do. And they're still out there selling their wares. I don't know how one procures porn images to put in one of those outside of doing it yourself which is a non-option see listen this is why we're not in the porn industry because right. we don't know how to yeah that's do it. it that we is the how. only barrier right there if that were gone i would be we would know on we it. would know mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah 100 percent. well should we talk about new kids on the block for a little let's, bit let's, let's do it let's. i mean especially uh-huh. for for women our age this was the seminal mm-hmm. group did you ever see them perform? Yeah, Iowa State Fair. You did? Yeah. Oh my gosh! In when their height like, at that, like yeah, Iowa State Fair? yeah. Okay. No, it, I was. It was like eighty-eight or eighty-nine, oh. and I was like eleven or twelve, and yeah, that was the one I told you. Like we were in a line because it was general admission, so it was like just a bunch of girls my age with a potentially a parental figure or right. with you know a bunch of people, and it was so hot that day they were just hosing us off. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Which started off the whole on a weird vibe. Just hosing us down. All of yeah. us preteen girls. Yeah, that seems. Hosing us down. Seems, seems wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I remember just very, because we sat very high up. Uh, my dad took me. And uh, they were doing the right stuff dance on the, da- on the stage. Yes. Did you the ever see right them? right stuff. No, I never saw them in mm. person. I mean, I saw everything I could just yeah. TV wise. And I had yeah. the keychain. I think I had a poster. But no, I never saw them. If you had the opportunity now, would you go see them? No, not okay. at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Yeah. It, it, it was a moment in time. Mm-hmm. I don't care to revisit that moment mm-hmm. in time. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm a, I, you know, I was in that boat. I, and I'll say I'm 80-20 that I wouldn't go. Okay. But I did see a few years ago at the Iowa State Fair the I Love the 90s show. Yes, you did. And it had salt and pepper and vanilla ice and all these. And Spinderella. Mm-hmm. And I loved every second yeah it was great but there was like a feel to it like a retro feel yeah and it was probably all people our age right like exactly Mm -hmm. and it was so much like there were so many people involved in that show they only each played like one song so or one or two songs it was just their hits just their hits i didn't have to commit to an entire show of new kids on the block oh god or a vanilla can you imagine no like a deep cut from new kids on the block no thank you what what is this no thanks what is this song that reminds me of um, a pride I went to with Michael and Heath and Eric many years ago where they had Debbie Gibson <gasps> and she was playing deep cuts, things I had no, oh, and she was no. doing like a little Broadway thing, like a few cabaret songs. I'm like this, listen, no Debbie. I'm sure some people here are very keen about this. This is not what I came to hear. No, that's not what I want to hear I wanted Debbie to hear Gibson. Electric Blue. Yeah. That's all I needed. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I feel like at some point you just have to admit what you are. Like I don't yes. I don't yes. think that New Kids on the Block is out and about now trying to act like they were like serious musicians or like really changed the landscape of music. Like you can't put yourself on that level. No. Which is interesting because when we decided on this, I was which is funny that I couldn't remember the name because earlier this week I did look up their names and I still can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I didn't uh, even bother doing that. But there was a lot of think pieces and articles about this idea that the Beatles were actually the first boy band. And, like, I had a very visceral reaction to that. What's your reaction to hearing that? I think maybe in their early years they could potentially be called that. Mm-hmm. But then they far transcended that with yeah. probably by taking a lot of drugs. You know, Fair, yeah. By, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. I think they started maybe as something where 
it was packaged in mm-hmm. a way, but then they decided, no, we're going to push ourselves and yeah. become something else. But and maybe it it depends on who's going to see it because early Beatles it was a lot of young girls, right? That's true. That's maybe that's true. why they called it a boy band. Yeah, that's true. What did you think about it? Yeah, I could just sort of had like a no, totally different. Because yeah. I guess in my head, a boy band is so, like you said, so packaged. Like yes. we've picked these people to be together because they're mm-hmm. all fulfilling a different role and we've written the songs. It's almost like an acting gig. Like mm-hmm. you're playing a part. And maybe that's just been more of a modern thing. Whereas right. like Beatles, maybe even Jackson 5, like they all came together organically. Right. But they could be called boy bands, maybe. Yeah, that's, and yeah, when you put it that way, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But, and I think anyone that I felt like was more of a true musician, I sort of like. Absolutely. You sort of cringe because yeah. you're like, I don't, because I don't feel like we consider boy bands. No. M- musicians. Which is interesting too. It kind of reminds me of like some of our discussion about like uh, chick lit and stuff. Like mm. when you, mm-hmm. when you package something by, the fact that women are reading it or watching it or whatever, it's immediately considered less than. Yeah, you're right. You know? And I'm doing that automatically. I'm but that's like it, how yeah. we we're taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe they were a boy band. And maybe we have to be okay with that. Maybe. And maybe maybe they're the way to change that rhetoric, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I also feel like I don't, I don't feel like that. I mean, I feel like people were attracted to the Beatles for sure, but I don't think anybody was like using them as sex symbols. Yeah. You know, like, hey, look at my Calvin Klein underwear sticking out. I mean, like, that also wasn't the culture at the time either. Right. Yeah. yeah 100%. Yeah. Speaking of Calvin Klein underwear, let's talk about the Wahlbergs. Oh. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. talk about, I mean, first, obviously, Donnie Wahlberg mm-hmm. is in Nukes mm-hmm. on the Block. He's also an actor. Mm-hmm. His brother, mm-hmm. let's let's remember uh, Marky Mark. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. now he's a very esteemed actor. He but he started mm-hmm. as a rapper. He did. And that also made me think... You have told me in the past mm-hmm. that your husband is an enormous fan of Wahlburgers, which is a first off a business direction I did not expect from Donnie or Mark Wahlberg well, and their family. That's all Paul, their oh. brother. Oh, because he's a chef, a trained okay. chef, and okay. he wanted to do this. And I'm sure he didn't have as much money as Donnie and Mark. That and makes so sense. Then they all went in as partners. So that's where it was born ah. from. He's really the head guy okay. driving okay. that. Yeah. And. Yes, Mike is obsessed, but his obsession with Mark Wahlberg came before the obsession with Wahlburgers. Interesting. He truly, I'm going to re, re, reveal some psychosis. Let's about do it. My Let's do it. Yeah. Truly believes that if him and Mark Wahlberg were to meet in real life, they could be best friends. And when I say truly, I mean truly. I'm not, hmm. that's not hyperbole. That's not like, haha, that's funny. I mean, like, I, tr- I think at first I thought it was kind of jokey, mm-hmm. but I think that there's a, some part of Mike that truly thinks if he met him in person, they would be friends. Hmm. He's got some kind of impression of him. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Two thoughts in response to that. Uh-huh. One, that's really endearing uh-huh. that your husband has such a, a belief in that. And two, I think he might be right. I could see those two connecting. I know, I know. It's hard level. to argue with. Yeah. yeah. So then he was, that's why he got all in on Wahlburgers. And <laughs> we went the first time and he was is like. Is he stalking him? Is he stalking Mark Wahlberg? I think that he, I don't think he expected to see him there. I think he just thought it, it was his duty to support sure, him. Sure, sure, sure. His future best friend. Yes. He wanted to support best friend. Him. He got yeah. to try this out. And mm-hmm. he, I will say the first time we went, he fell in love and we went back quite a few <laughs> times. And then as of late, he has been very disappointed. <gasps> oh no. Yeah. He's had a couple bad experiences right now. Oh, no. He's trying to give him a break and hope that it's COVID, but it feels as though maybe some food quality went down. Oh, Mike. And 
Yeah, he's feeling Would he still be Mark's best friend now? 100%. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it has made him feel as though that needs to happen even more because he needs to help guide them back oh, sure, to sure, a better sure, path. Sure. So do you remember like what, a year, maybe a couple years ago, uh, Mark ba- Wahlberg was selling some sort of like supplement and it was appearing at Hy-Vee stores here in Des Moines and he in fact was going to make a personal appearance. Did Mike try to go? Was he? No, but okay. he... Because he never, we never pay enough attention, okay. and we see these things after the fact. Because sure. he was just at a new Wahlburgers like last, like a couple of months ago in Grimes or something, where they were opening one up, and so and a whole bunch of people texted him like, "Do you know Mark? Well, you better get to Grimes." Like, <laughs> and he, Mike feels that it needs to be more of a like chance one on one encounter. He I feels see. in a fan situation, he's it's not gonna be the best time. Okay, okay, so he's thought this through. Yes, very much. Yes, very much. Yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder how we could engineer this or is it best not to engineer it you know I don't know I think it might be one of those things that's better just to be like hey this is you know this is a lifelong this dream this is a fun thing to it's dream about it's a fun about, thing to dream about yeah we're probably not doing anything about it did Mike ever have a side a musical side like when he was younger could he and Marky Mark connect on that level maybe I mean he's got some some bands that he loved like nostalgic i mean like motley crew yeah def leopard poison big joan jet fan like some of those he's a big fan elvis for for other reasons hmm. but i don't know if it would be i think he just thinks like on a business level and personality level and i think that he might be basing that solely on movies so i'm not sure how okay. well you know okay suited that all is sure but, mm-hmm. i mean but from interviews and things like that his uh public persona seems like it would mesh with Mike it does yeah it does yeah mm-hmm. well Mike is a very much if you're kind of a no BS person yes that's his favorite type of person mm-hmm. so he's right on right on with you then well someday mm-hmm. someday those two will meet and it will be a glorious day it will and I promise listeners that will report back <laughs> and I'll do my best to record whatever happens if I'm around for that situation. well and if you are around you will be quickly forgotten and it oh, would be, I, I will mean, get shoved yeah, aside. I mean, yeah. there's a high probability that I get trampled <laughs> in whatever scenario this happens. And a running towards yeah. Mike. Let's not forget Mark. that during for a period of time during COVID, Mike and I thought it was a good idea to take like nature hikes, which is not us, but we did. That's how desperate we were to get out of the house. And there was a sighting of a snake in which he shoved me and ran to the car. <laughs> so I have since then known where I stand in the hierarchy of survival and it is not the top and yeah meeting marky mark will be a moment where you are shunted mm-hmm. aside mm-hmm. and when i say snake i mean like i wasn't even afraid of the snake okay, like okay. it wasn't we were not in danger but he still felt the need to move me to that side of the sidewalk uh-huh. and take off and say i'm going huh. to the car and i well, okay did you did you hope i was going to fall and the snake was going to be distracted there's so many layers to mike that are just fascinating mm-hmm. And I know he doesn't necessarily listen to us regularly, but I wonder how he'll feel about the fact that we spent 10 minutes dissecting a little bit about Mike. I think he would feel good about I, it. I'm glad yeah. he would. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, you know, yeah. What else can you do? What He's, else can you do? It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you wouldn't go see New Kids on the Block. Right. Is there an 80s or 90s performer you would go see if they were touring now? You know, so many of the acts that I liked in the 80s and 90s probably not yeah you know Mm -hmm. i think at the time i was much more into like pop and to like you know like motley Crue, def leppard Mm -hmm. like guns and roses 
and they've had their time. Yeah. I, I think that's best left in the past. Well, you know? that's just a sign of adulthood, right? We mm-hmm. understand that sometimes fulfilling your wishes means you're going to be disappointed. And Very much so. You just need to protect yourself from that sometimes. Yeah. And some things need to be preserved. There's a high chance that that is not going to go well. No. And I did have a little brush with that. You know, I told you I've gone to many Lollapaloozas when I lived mm-hmm. in Chicago. And especially those first few years. And there were every once in a while, like an artist brought in for probably our age group to be nostalgic about. Like there was Billy Idol one time. Oh. I loved Billy Idol. Yeah. And... I can't remember how old he might have been at this time, but he was still rocking leather pants and no shirt and like bleach blonde hair and everything. And it was great, but it was also like, oh man, are you trapped in this now? Do you, do you need the help? Uh, do you need to signal mm-hmm. for help? Same thing with Iggy Pop. I love Iggy Pop. And I saw him at Lollapalooza and it was great, but it was also like, wow, that skin is leathery. That yeah. is naked leathery skin. And also he invited a bunch of people up on stage and I was like, you're going to get, you're going to die. Yeah. That's not safe. You're, you're more fragile now than yeah. you used to be. Yeah. 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 Like blink twice if you need us to get you mm-hmm. out of this. Like, mm-hmm. do you have other dreams and goals? Cause this feels like maybe we're all just forcing <laughs> you to keep doing the same thing. What about you? Oh, I don't know. I think I'm in your boat. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't know anyone that I would feel like, yes, that's a good idea. I'm mm-hmm. going to do that. Because for the same reason, I just yeah. think I would be disappointed. And even some of the bands in the 90s for like high school and college, maybe. I mean, I told you about the potential Alanis Morissette, except that it was at the yeah. State Fair. I, that's what was jumping in my head. No. I'm like, yeah. I would have. I would have definitely. Like, she, she'd she, be amazing, I bet. Yeah. And yeah. I heard that concert was amazing. Yeah, I but, bet it was. Yeah, I don't know. And I've seen Foo Fighters many times, and they're still, you That'd know, they great. found yeah. it in the 90s. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's, yeah, there's definitely some, but the past is the past, Erin. The past is the past, and sometimes it's okay if that just... Sometimes that's okay. That just stays there. Yeah. yeah. You know, we decided to choose the right stuff and to, and to sort of talk about as a theme, like what it means when we are trying to be the right stuff yes. for boys. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember the first time that you realized, like, according to, you know society and to mm-hmm. the norms of society you were supposed to make yourself look desirable to men oh or to boys I think so I mean I have to imagine that I had experiences with that in like elementary school at some point yeah. I mean that starts so early for for yeah. girls but I think I became acutely aware of it like in that sixth seventh grade where people started sort of like pairing off like mm-hmm. you realize oh there's like this boyfriend girlfriend situation mm-hmm. and like oh, that's why it matters what I wear or like what my hair looks like or whether or not I wear makeup or, you know, I started to realize all these things. And then I also think I realized really early on like how overwhelmed I was. Like I don't, it just wasn't something that ever came naturally to me. So Mm -hmm. then you start thinking about all the things you're supposed to think about. And I was like, I just don't think I can. It's way too much. Yeah. And it's so confusing. Mm -hmm. And I think even like seventh grade, Aaron had an idea, which is the same that that adult Aaron has, which is if we all just collectively agreed not to do it, (laughs) we wouldn't have to do it. God, yeah. Just like, you know, when you said you thought we had all collectively agreed to just release things all at once and not do this stupid weekly schedule. Yeah. Apparently not all of us collectively agreed. Right. It's like a senior skip day. It's why that will never work because everybody says they're going to do it. And and then then you always have those couple people that are like, I'm too scared. And they show up. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And it, but this is so, this would be good for all of us. This would be wonderful. We'd all all save a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of time. A lot of time. A lot of heartache. Mm -hmm. We all just get on the same page. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I think that men would appreciate it too. Too, because God, I think yeah. that 
I, it's not the same level by any means. Don't, don't you know, confuse what I'm saying. But I also think that they're sort of put in a box. Like, they're, you're supposed to find certain things attractive. Mm-hmm. They're sort of trained that way. And it takes them some time, too, to get out of that headspace of like, well, that isn't actually yeah. how I feel. Yeah. Or, that isn't actually important to Yeah, me. it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't no, help anyone it's not, on the gender It doesn't serve lines. a single person. No. I remember in fourth grade, I got a boyfriend i don't know how that happened i don't i don't remember ever speaking to this young boy oh okay but somehow we were dating or we were going together is what Mm -hmm. we called it okay and i remember frantically going home and doing sit-ups because i (laughs) needed to look good for this boyfriend that i never spoke to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i remember going home in like upper middle school lower lower high school and like oh, I got to wash my hair again before I go out so it doesn't look greasy or I want it to look a certain way. I mean, okay. Yeah, like who's going to care? No, no one's going to care. No one's going to care. I remember too, like much older, you know, when I sort of realized that I was bisexual, then it became really interesting too because I realized how much, even if you have another like sexuality, you're still supposed to appease what men want. Like whenever I would tell like a guy that I was bisexual, it was very much turned like, oh, this is going to be good for me kind of thing. Like it was a very much, it was never about like you and your needs or your identity Mm -hmm. or something. It was like, ooh, this is designed to make me as a man happy or intrigued, which is just gross. Feel When you realized that, did you feel that you were supposed to look desirable for females too? Like did that, was there anything there? Or Never there... to that same level. Really? Never. Interesting. Obviously, yes, you want to look nice for, yeah. you know, yeah, someone, yeah, yeah. but mm. never to the never crazy to the same making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which then just shows you how fucked up it is mm-hmm. when you can look at both sides like that. Yeah. I, I think back, like some of the times that Mike and I have had miscommunication, it really comes down to like one of us assuming something about the other one that's just sort of a societal yeah. thing that we put on the other person. Like mm-hmm. we didn't even really stop to examine it or be like, well, is that what you think or is yeah. that what I actually think or how does this... I think there's so much of relationships where you're just parroting what you think you should be mm-hmm. saying or th- what you think you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. And it... it the more I think about it as I'm older and, you know, you have kids that are getting older and you think a lot about what a disservice that is that we're not helping. Instead of focusing all this time on physical appearance, we're not spending enough time talking about like, how does this person make you feel? Yeah. Do they treat you right? How do you know what a red flag is and what yeah. a, you know. Do you even like them or yes. are you just trying to get them to like you? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Ugh. Okay, so. We've established that that part's a lot harder yeah. for a female. Uh-huh. If you were going to give a male a quintessential day in the female experience, what would you absolutely include? On uh, Instagram a few weeks ago, I think, I saw this. Uh, it was a video being taken at um, a rodeo. Okay. So all these like very manly men, right, at this rodeo. And there was a company there. It was a company, I believe, that sold like pain uh, pills or, or okay. something uh-huh. to help women through periods. Oh. But why they showed up at a rodeo is because they had a tool that they would put against men's abdomens to simulate period pain. And there were 10 levels that you could go to. And so they would go like, okay, this is level one, you know, and then just keep going up levels and see how the men reacted. And Every one of these tough, tough men by like level three were like, oh my God, oh, just like 
thrashing around in their seats trying to and then by comparison they put uh, a girl in the chair and it was at level 10 and she's like i mean i guess this hurts but it's normal you know so i think that right there it just should, like if it was a quintessential day in the life when we happen to have our period they would be incapacitated mm-hmm. mentally physically everything and shocked at the amount of pain that we live with on a daily basis that you're just supposed to go through yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah well and that's what i was going to say when you're saying the part about like fixing your hair and doing all that i'd say you do all that and if i was going to give you a quintessential female experience you're about to walk out the door and you had no idea and you get your period you're not scheduled <laughs> to you're not supposed to yeah, it just happens. absolutely and now oh shit do i have to change my pants do i have to yeah. change like all mm-hmm. of this yeah mm-hmm. and oh i got to put a bunch of shit in my bag now to mm-hmm. like because mm-hmm. who knows every time yeah i gotta take some advil i gotta yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, and maybe I'm a little bloated today. Maybe I don't want to wear these pants. Yeah. Because they're going to cut into my gut. And then when you feel that and you've spent all that emotional energy, you got that going on, you feel a little harried, you're trying to rush out the door, then probably what needs to happen is you need to go somewhere where you're going to encounter someone who says something like dear or honey Sweetheart. or sweetie or something along those lines. And then on top of that says, you just calm down. Yep. When you haven't even like, expressed okay, a single okay. moment yeah. of upset. Let's be rational. Yeah. Let's be logical about yeah, this. Just, okay, I know you're upset. Like, mm-hmm. just calm down. Yeah, when you haven't. <laughs> because in the history of calming down, <laughs> it always works to tell someone to calm down. Yeah, and also it's great when the people saying calm down are the ones that have the most temper tantrums and they just get away with and it. And are the exact reason that you're not calm. Yes. Like, you can't, it's, yeah. You can't light someone on fire and then be like, hey, calm down. What'd you do there? Yeah. You're going to burn alive. You're going to burn. What'd you do? Why'd you do that oh for? Oh my gosh. Did you not bring a fire extinguisher? Yeah. What, you, what? Oh my. You should be more prepared. <laughs> my mom always had a fire extinguisher. <laughs> oh yeah. When the mom stuff starts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they would do well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. It would go well, I think. It would go real well. I don't think that the world would turn into a burning inferno no. in a mere 12 hours. Quickly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, give them a, you know, a day of period pain and oh shit. One day. Just one day. one day. Just live with that for one Enjoy. day. You know what else I think I might add to the day? Hmm. Just a random bout of crying at the most inopportune <laughs> time. Just some crying for no good reason. Yeah, yeah, that's And good. then uh, someone needs to find you and say, why are you crying? And them have no answer. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You mm-hmm. have to know. Why are you crying? I don't know, though. I don't know. I don't know. My body hurts. Yeah, things and are it's just it's, messed up. It's leaking. Okay, mm-hmm. it's leaking from all over. So actively leaking yeah. liquids as we speak. And I'm not. Di- I'm bleeding, but I'm not dying. So yeah. So know. please make a joke about that. Yeah, you shouldn't trust an animal that uh-huh. bleeds for five days and doesn't die. Mm-hmm. Okay, good one. Mm-hmm. Good one. Great. Yeah. I love thinking about the first guy that ever came up with that at his Elks Lodge meeting on Thursday night. And was like, you know what I was thinking. Billy, is that, have you ever come across an animal that bleeds for five days and doesn't die? That's what I'm saying. And everyone's high-fiving like, yeah, that's so yeah. funny. You're oh, my right. God. Last seven. What? Like, okay. And then that just spread. And then yeah. I, I hear that one to two times a year. I see it on something, hear it somewhere. Like, mm-hmm. you can't trust something. Okay. Yep, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Says yeah, the guy with right. appendage that just randomly rises on yeah. your body. Because yep. I'm supposed to trust levitating And things. then we have to respond to that appendage. Yeah. We have to be responsible for that appendage. Yeah. Yeah. That Good times. Sorry, Good that times. took a turn. <laughs> I didn't mean to make it so dark at the end there. Woo-hoo-hoo! Sorry. I mean, that's just... 
It's truth. It's the right stuff. It's the right stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Should we talk about some books? Yes. Because we have some books on this theme. We do. This is how we do it. This is how we do a podcast. (laughs) We came up with a theme and then we shared some books that we read. So now I'm going to talk about a fiction book. What? That fits this theme. Okay. It's called How to Be Eaten by Maria Edelman. Okay. This came out earlier this year. Title's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. The book starts in New York, and we're in a basement conference room. Okay, Mm. depressing as hell. Mm. It's a support group for women with very unique circumstances, all involving some kind of major media scandal or attention, Mm. with a bit of a twist, because there's Ruby, and she has told this crazy story since she was a kid of a man who looked an awful lot like a wolf and who ate her until she was rescued by a stranger cutting his stomach open and now she wears a wolf fur coat wolf fur coat okay. all the time okay mm-hmm. there's ruby then there's bernice she was a sort of nobody until a tech billionaire known as bluebeard and an obsession uh he you know he has an actual blue beard and he has obsession with blue stuff and he builds a house across from her family's home and he's interested in her which is great until she's locked in his house and he says i gave you this key but you can't look in this specific room then there's ashley who won a bachelor type show called the one oh boy and she was all in except the show started airing and she had become the villain and she's not so sure that she got her fairy tale ending. Then there's Gretel, who oh swears gosh. that she and her brother were held captive as kids in a house made of candy. Uh-huh. And then there's Raina, who everyone sort of recognizes, but they can't quite place where they know her. And she has a story that ties everything together, and I won't reveal it because it's pretty good. So the women are all are very wary of oh. each other, and they're sort of judging each other as they tell their story. But over the course of five weeks, they start to recognize all the things they have in common mm-hmm. and who's really at fault. It's a it's really cool idea. Obviously, it's you know building on fairy tales, making them a little modern, looking at specifically the women and how they might be treated in today's clusterfuck yeah. of society. Um, there's a great structure because each week of therapy, someone new tells their story, Ooh, so you get that yeah. way. It's very propulsive, but it's so smart and so thoughtful. And I chose it for this theme because all of them got in this mess because they were trying to be the right stuff. Ah. They were trying to fit it to what men wanted and changing themselves or getting into danger because of it. Mm-hmm. And of course, like I said, these are all adapted fairy tales, which are just nightmares, really, yeah. especially for women. Like if you look at especially some of the original ones, they're freaking nightmares. Uh Women are always eaten or torn up or somehow, you know, the villain. Right. Yes. Or you're either unconscious and perfect and someone comes along and, you know, makes out with you or you're a real person and you're eaten. Yeah. So I love that this sort of takes the fairy tale concepts and modernizes it, but also brings in our media culture. Mm -hmm. Like Ashley, I'm, picturing is like Cinderella type but she becomes this villain because of you know the way reality shows are uh, structured so it's about who we prop up who we tear down it's great gosh it's such a great amazing. concept yeah. yeah that sounds amazing mm-hmm. to really enjoyable to read and it, it's fun too to sort of like as you're going through place like oh I know what this story is but ooh today that would be exactly how this went oh, down oh yeah. I love that mm-hmm. idea what a great concept terrific Well, my fiction pick this week is called Delay Weds Destiny, 
And this is by Tomi Abaro. Came out um, in June of this year. And it opens with three college friends who are about to reunite after 30 years. They were inseparable in college. They went their different ways. Um, and they, they went to college in Nigeria. And one of them ended up moving to the United States. The other two kind of separated. So... They're all different directions, but now one of their daughters is about to wed, and they have all decided that they're going to travel to witness this wedding. So Zainab, Fumi, and Anatan are friends. So, so different. Um, and more than circumstance made them close. I mean, they truly have a connection, but they all came from very different circumstances. So the novel kind of takes you through two timelines. The current timeline is in which Fumi's daughter, Destiny, is the one getting married. And the other one is through college. Hmm. So we first start out in the timeline of the wedding. And Zainab has been more in contact with Fume and Destiny because she lives closer to them. Destiny even spent some time at her family's home before college. And they kind of have a bond that Destiny is trying to replicate with her mother, but isn't happening. Fumi's hmm. just more interested in the appearance of this wedding. And we find out that she's married to a very powerful man but one that we can't quite we don't quite know what he does it's a little dark oh, um, he okay. works for the government but it's it seems like there might be some illegal bribes or some other things going on so she seems very concerned with how this is going to appear to everyone else and less concerned about whether or not her daughter's actually happy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so there we have that kind of situation happening on top of that Zainab's beloved husband is slowly dying and so this is sort of a break from caretaking Oof. for her but it's also hard for her to be yeah. away from the house for this period of time then we learn about Anatan, who's traveling from the u.s with her american daughter remy and neither of them have seen her since college graduation because she basically ran off with an american peace corps volunteer oh, that wow. she fell in love with and thought was great and she left the country and they Oof. have sort of said that they understood but it's been hard to i mean they've stayed in contact but not as readily as they'd like to and she's housing the secret that they are divorcing. The relationship ultimately doesn't work. Remy knows this. She's feeling lucky that her, her daughter agreed to come, but they're kind of at odds because of the whole situation. So all of this is leading up to them coming to Fume's house to for the pre-wedding stuff. And they're mm -hmm. all going to stay there. But okay. they're also all trying to deal with like being around each other That's again. That's stressful and, to tie to yes. the wedding. Good Lord. Right. And so many things are happening. So in the middle of that, as we're trying to understand kind of all of them and where they came from, we flash back to their college timeline. And it tells us how they met. And then it kind of goes into some of the experiences that really shaped what we're seeing then of them now. And I don't want to tell too much because some of the revelations are really interesting in mm. where their relationships intersect mm -hmm. and why they are having some of the reactions they are having in, in the modern day wedding timeline. So I really think that this story is about friendship, but I also think it's about understanding how much power and wisdom you get from your own personal experiences hmm. and how sometimes we're quick to discount somebody else's experience if we haven't lived it, but how actually powerful those are. I mean, that's really kind of what all reading is, right? We're putting down an experience and we're getting something out of that without having to fully live it ourselves. Yeah. And so I, I really love this book for that. And I think it's a really powerful story about female friendship and that bond and that uh, how important it can be and how uplifting it can be and how it can be like the one thing in your life that stays when everything else changes. 
But I also picked it for this theme because a lot of these decisions and a lot of their friendships have been formed by the decisions they had to make around men. Mm -hmm. Whether that was who they were going to marry, who they loved, who they couldn't marry, uh, where they lived, you know, whether or not they're happy now. A lot of their bonds and their experiences end up being shared because they were forced into decisions that maybe, you know, they would have wish they could do something different mm -hmm. so they're kind of caught under that especially in nigeria and the more traditional culture of what they're supposed to do as opposed yeah. to what they want to do so it was highly entertaining like there's some great humor in it um i love it when you get three different personalities yeah. of women all experiencing the same thing and you're sort of watching it through three different eyes um, I, I love the idea of going backwards and understanding where, how they got here and why they're viewing some things that the way they are. And it was so cleverly done. All the other side characters that she added in were perfect to help sort of fulfill something that's existing in society right now. Like um, Anatan's daughter, Remy, is very, she's American born. Uh -huh. She looks very American because her dad's white. And so she has this very kind of what people would call woke personality oh. where the whole time they're there, she's like, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. Okay. And it really serves this important purpose of showing that sometimes it's not your place to go into another culture and say and start dictating right yeah. exactly not sometimes never your place yeah. but you know it, it's it's so interesting how she chose to bring in some of these ideas throughout the the storyline in the book so yeah. i this was her debut novel oh cool I, yeah it's amazing i hope that she writes a bunch more i will tell you reader that at first the way it ended i was well i was mad i wanted oh. more i think and so I don't know if there's plans for another one or not. But then the more that I sat with the ending, the more I liked it. Because okay. I thought, oh, you know what? That actually is perfect for female friendship and three friends. And so I think that if you're, if that's your gut reaction, if you read it and your first reaction is like, oh, I, I kind of wanted more in the ending, I think sit for it with okay. a little bit and really think about what the author was doing there. And I think you'll get to where I am too, that it was, it was actually perfect for awesome. the book. That's great advice. Yeah. I really like to, you know, it's it's always interesting to explore like how I think we're taught that ultimately our friendships aren't as important as relationships, right? especially among women that ultimately we have to prioritize what we should do, which is focus on the men mm -hmm. over maybe prioritizing our friendships and where we get most of our support. Yeah. Very. I, I loved it. And it was a quick read because it's so fun and interesting and you get to see some of this wedding stuff happening and it was great. Awesome. So. I want to provide a quick update. We have a visitor. Yes, we do. Which is rare. Louise Very rare. rarely visits us. Very rare. And she is staring at you hard. She did not like the sneezes. <laughs> and she, yeah, usually she kind of steers clear um, of our uh, recording shenanigans. Yeah. But today, she's decided this is the day. 120 episodes in. You didn't even have to say the number. But I didn't even have to. Got somehow it I did it. <laughs> Is it the sunny spot? It feels like maybe yeah, that she might moved be. to the sunny spot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And now she's eating her own hair, so that's good. I mean. You know, there are many times when I brush her and she tries to eat the pile of hair. I'm like, honey, you don't have to do I will clean it up for you. It's fine. It feels like such a woman like, okay, fine. I'll clean up. Yeah, I'll do sorry, it. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to make a mess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, I got it. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm on it. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Well, for my nonfiction pick. Yes. I almost was just going into mine. And then I was like, wait, oh, that's not the nope, order. Nope, nope. 120 in how we do this. <laughs> I just said, nah, not today. 
All right, so my nonfiction yes, pick, because that's how it works. We, exactly. We switch off. Back and forth, back yeah. and forth. Okay. Is called Tell Me Everything, the oh, story yes. of a private investigation. Mm-hmm. And this is by Erica Krauss, and it came out this year. Mm-hmm. And this is true crime. This is memoir. This is a lot of things all packed into a pretty fascinating story. So the author, Erica, she starts by telling us that She's had people telling her secrets for years. She says that she she has this face that somehow invites it. Like people will say things like, I don't know why I'm telling you this, and then just spill all their darkest stuff. And I, I've never had anything like that happen. So that was immediately attractive to me to like, what, what is that like if people are just dumping stuff on you? Right. And in one case, in 2002, she's in a bookstore and a guy starts telling her about all of his doubts and fears in life. I just pictured her as like, I'm just trying to get a book. Yeah. But he's telling her all this. And then he's sort of shocked. He's like, wait, I didn't mean to tell you any of this. And then he's like, he offers her a job because he's a lawyer and he needs an investigator that will work in the background and get people to tell secrets that will help in the case of a lawsuit. And he especially wants her for a case that he's taken on which they're based in Colorado and the university in their town has a massive football program and a college girl has filed suit because she was assaulted by football players and recruits at a party. And so Erica hears this. She knows right away this is probably not smart to take this case because she has her own history with sexual violence, things she hasn't fully come to terms with, but she takes it because she needs money. She's attracted by the lawyer's commitment to the case, to the desire to like really figure out what the hell is going on in this program and to try and eradicate a little bit of rape culture. Right. So for five years, Erica works on this case and she tracks down witnesses. She builds evidence that the university knew and allowed this to happen. And over that time, the story is leaking to the press and the investigation becomes national news and it becomes this historic civil rights case. And so she feels really good to be part of this. But at the same time, in her personal life, she finds a great partner, but she also begins to reckon with her really messed up family history. It's so compelling. It's a great look into football culture, into you know that region culture, this definition of masculinity. And I chose it for this theme because in that case they're working on the football program. I mean, this is not news to anybody, but the football program and the players are God, Mm -hmm. right? They can do no wrong. Mm -hmm. They are kings of the university. They are the only ones with the right stuff. Like they are, you know, priority above all else. Mm -hmm. And anyone else, especially women, are there to serve them. Mm -hmm. And as we see in the memoir portions, that's not just in football. In her family, the men were most important. So this takes a major look, I think, at the male gaze and what it can translate to. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's this fascinating look at a real story, uh, this real investigation. Mm-hmm. I will say this is tough. This, is, mm-hmm. this gets really into a lot of things that are hard to look at, both in the investigation and in her life. So just know that going in. If that's not your you know, cup right. of tea, just that is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in, in re- it, it's very well done and it's it's compelling as hell. Mm. But I still left being like, I want to have a face where people tell me stuff. Where people just tell you stuff. Yeah. I don't really have, I mean, I've awesome, often been accused of attracting weirdos, which I do. Definitely. Like, I think that's something different because I think we yeah. both attract weirdos. Yeah. And like weird situations, but I've yes. never had, I mean, not like someone that I didn't know just be like, hey, I want to tell you all of these things. Yeah. Like, that yeah. could be I'm I'm closed off usually to strangers too. Like that's true. I think we're deliberately like 
do not Easy. talk to anyone. Yeah, I don't want this. Especially at a bookstore. Leave me alone. And a bookstore how feels like a dare you. huge, how very dare you. <laughs> how very dare don't you. Don't tell me about your stupid life. Do you life. know the amount of time it took me to get this alone time to come to the bookstore and search and now you want to lay your problems at my feet? You don't think I've got people no. telling me their shit all the time. No, no sir. <sighs> no. Yeah, that felt vi- like a violation. I really store. want to know what section she was in because that could it could make it way worse or way better. Like, I think it said what section, and I don't remember. Because if you're in fiction, I feel like absolutely not. Yeah. If you're in nonfiction, in like certain sections, absolutely not, because you're clearly dealing with something yeah. else, like a self help, like you got your own stuff. I feel like maybe the only place is like Sudoku section. <laughs> Like the puzzle section. Or the books for like taking the bathroom to like yeah. bathroom humor books. Yeah. yeah. Then mm-hmm. you could be like, okay, you you could handle something, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. No, I think it was a non-fiction like serious place. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sir, no. <laughs> I said good day. Good day. Good to day. To you and your issues. Leave me with my yeah. books. That's great. You have a law firm. I don't believe you. That's what would happen. That's what I would do. Me too. I'd be like, that's yeah, a like, scam. You are making all of this up. You are a scam. Somehow you have targeted me. Yeah. And I will not have it. I won't. I will not have it. Not today. <laughs> not any day. I think that reveals a lot about our personalities. You're right. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Mine too. Yeah. I don't think I would be different. I don't want to talk to people. Don't talk to me. Don't no, tell I me don't your shit. I don't want you to offer me a job because then Lord. I just have to figure out a way to say no. Yes. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. I just increasingly don't like one-on-one conversation with people I don't know very well because I find myself <sighs> agreeing to things or something like that and I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Or like you try to make small talk and then you're like, yes. this got weird fast. This got I don't real know what else weird. To say. We wouldn't do well no. in this situation. No, no. Yeah. yeah, I was just imagining it more, and it's not yep. good. It's not good. Well, my other genre pick this week is a collection of short stories mm. by Maggie Shipstead called "You Have a Friend in 10A." Oh, and this came out in May of 2022. So I have recommended seating arrangements by her before. Um, she also wrote and it got a lot of traction this last over the last year. I I think it's called the great circle yes yeah. i've seen i was gonna say the circle it. but i think yeah. it's the great circle right. yeah so all of these stories were fascinating and they're all super different like really different characters settings like the first stories on a horse ranch in a remote rural area in montana and then we go to paris and then we're on a honeymoon in romania like they're all over the place and the characters are so different but what i realized after the first few is that as much as the characters are compelling and the change of scenery and the pacing, it's really varied and interesting. What I really liked is I realized that all of these stories were really about kind of men behaving badly oh. after not getting what they think they deserve. Like, oh. I think I deserve this, so this is my reaction to that. And if you oh, started perfect. to look at all the stories through that lens, it was really kind of clicking into place. And I, I'm not sure entirely if she meant it that way or these are all just crazy great story she had in her head but that's why I picked it for this theme because collectively that to me that's what was going on one of my favorite ones I think it was the second story it's called acknowledgments and it's this you know Caucasian male writer who is just befuddled by an experience that he has in a uh, creative writing class in oh a, boy. in a critique group uh-huh and so then he's ta- later he's re counting this to someone as he's writing the acknowledgments for his book that's about to be published and he's still angry about how dare this female had this right to tell him how much his writing sucked (laughs) 
and he he puts that he includes that and he's trying to figure out how to write this acknowledgement and it goes through his behavior at the time which involves like writing her into one of his stories in like the worst what? way possible yeah it gets weird and i was like oh my gosh and i you dislike him wholeheartedly but i loved the story yes. because it felt like totally accurate kind of to jump on something you said it feels like something someone would tell me happened to them yes like that that was actually true yes the one on the horse ranch you know the guy that owns it takes this uh lady in when she was kind of down on her luck they spend a lot of time together he naturally decides that she's the best thing and he's in love and he professes that and she says absolutely not and then he takes it out on her for the rest of the time that, that she works at right. the ranch yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's all of these situations that you're like this is getting very weird and very, but also very true to life. Absolutely. What a great, and like you said, maybe it wasn't the original, maybe she didn't intend it that way, but what a great concept to bring all those around. Yes. Yeah. And it felt like to me when I was thinking about this theme that it really encapsulates to me what the male gaze is all about, which is I want it and so I should, mm-hmm. and it's never occurred to me that I can't have Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And that, to me, that's like the quintessential thing, right? Like I, I should have it, I want it, so who's yeah. to stop me? And if anyone gets in the way, woe be to them. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It was It was a quick read. This, like I said, the stories are so varied and the pacing that you just like you kind of fly through them. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know about you, but sometimes when I read short story collections, I think it takes me a little bit because I'm like looking for the common thread yes. sometimes. Yeah. And so I, sometimes that can throw me off at first. Like, oh, these are all like so different mm-hmm. than what is it and then the more i read i was like oh she did something really smart here with these male characters that's fantastic yeah it was and the idea that it's all these different settings and all these different places sort of helps solidify that that's a universal truth <laughs> absolutely uh-huh. and also that writing group one is very familiar yes. we've been in some writing groups yes we have yes. seen some poor behavior you particularly had some bad male behavior. Yeah. The behavior and also the writing and then the reaction to things pointed out in the writing, like that feels very right. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm a character in that dude's, mm-hmm. this one particular dude's book. You might be. Yeah. You might be. Because he did not appreciate what I was saying. Which was, I, I know what you said and it was entirely accurate. Yeah. So here we are being cryptic, but you know, just in case. Yeah, out I do, there. you know, that kind of energy, that's scary. It is. I don't need that. It's scary. I don't need that. I already got a different guy stalker from that other workshop we took. And <laughs> I don't I don't need another one. You're right. The fact also that we both attract weirdos is very dangerous for when we hang out together. It's so dangerous. Because so consistently dangerous. there's always been some weirdos. Always. Attaching to one or the other or both of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of creepy guys. Oh. My pop culture pick. <laughs> Phenomenal. That was a transition. That was, I don't even know. That goes in the Hall of Fame That's it for of transitions. transitions. Yes. Uh-huh. Although I, it feels like that could relate to a lot of things. Speaking of creepy guys. Speaking of creepy. I mean, that's where I was like, I didn't know if I was getting a story. I didn't know if we were going pop culture. Because a lot of our conversations start with, they, speaking listen of, to this yeah, creepy exactly. guy story. Yes. Well, here we go. Okay. So my pop culture is a movie film. Mm-hmm. It is called Fresh. Fresh. And it's on Hulu. Came oh, out earlier this year. Yes. Has Sebastian Stan. Yes. And Daisy Edgar Jones. Remember, I've said multiple occasions, I'm a huge fan of Sebastian Stan. As you should be. As I should. This movie is wild. Really? So we start as a romance. 
Okay. And actually, it starts on a bad date. So Daisy Edgar Jones plays Noah, and she's on a bad date. She's at this restaurant with this like uber douche that keeps telling her like about cryptocurrency or something. Like it's just ridiculous. <laughs> and she met him online, and it's just, it's just so bad. And after she's despairing, you know, just like this is just it's just one douche after another. It's just one shitty date after another. Yes. And then she meets a guy at a grocery store, like a real life experience. And it's it feels almost like a movie, mm-hmm. right? And Steve is sweet. He's funny. Mm-hmm. He's kind of awkward. He's a doctor. And he's freaking Sebastian Stan. So he's super hot. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Naturally. So they start dating. Mm. And he's refreshing because he's not on social media. He values like in-person communication. He's very romantic. Mm. And in fact, he schedules a surprise getaway for the two of them in this wonderful remote house that has no cell service and you don't know like where it is and she doesn't really have time to tell anyone where it is. uh, um. And then suddenly a half hour in, the movie completely shifts. We are not watching a romantic comedy. We are watching a horror movie and a thriller. I can't say the details and ruin the surprise. It is just... It is bonkers. Let's just say that Sebastian Stan gets to be a villain, and holy hell, is he good at it. What's even wilder is then what happens next and how Noah plans her way out, because she is stuck at this house for various reasons that, again, I cannot reveal. Oh, my gosh. Along the way, we also meet Molly, who is Noah's ride-or-die best friend. And Molly immediately knows something is wrong, and she will not give up until she finds out. And she... She tracks Steve down. She tracks uh, the people in Steve's life down. And she is going to find where they are. We also meet a whole slew of gross dudes who are part of an enterprise that Sebastian Stan has created. Oh, God. In in their creepiness. They're hilarious and creepy and just everything. Oh, my gosh. So for this theme, I chose it for this theme Uh because online dating is gross and hellish in so many ways. Right. And it caters to the male gaze, really, mm-hmm. as Noah says, and as, no, as she knows. So meeting in real life is so refreshing, right? Mm-hmm. But she doesn't have the ways to check on him that we now have. Mm-hmm. So she has to figure out how to be the right stuff for him. And that includes being spontaneous and going on this trip. And then, mm-hmm. oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And she learns it's a major trap. So once you watch it, you'll realize there's this whole other level of being the right stuff <laughs> that I just can't talk about. I even debated whether I was going to bring this to the the show today because the central plot point, if you want to know it, you can find it online. I uh-huh. mean, it's been spoiled many places, but it's so much better going in, not really not knowing. knowing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I need to emphasize that I trust you and I will be each other's Molly and not give up if yes. one or the other yes. is um, hijacked, even by Sebastian Stan. I will not let it go. Okay. Good. You, I tell you, I see you in person. Uh-huh separate from him mm-hmm. and you say no this is actually just a great four-day weekend of sex mm-hmm. until you tell me that right and i know that you're not a robot <laughs> and that he hasn't mimicked your voice <laughs> then that he is not using you as a puppet from another room right. or anything right, then right, right, and right. only then yeah. will i allow you to stay okay okay yeah same same here. okay good yeah did i ever tell you the story about my pick and rolling me and I ended up in our neighbor's basement and I thought I wasn't going to get out. Wait, what? No, I didn't. Okay, good. Yeah, because it should <laughs> ring a bell right away. Um, perhaps maybe the biggest fight we've ever had. So it was, this was not where we live now. This is our previous home. 
there was a neighbor who was uh, the creepy meter went off the charts right away. Okay, the first yeah. time I met him. Also, also a doctor. By the way, I think. Our women's creepy meter is so much more attuned. So attuned. Because it's a matter of survival. We've had to learn who is creepy and get a feel right away. Yes. Anyway, continue. He and he was married and they had two, um, two twins is redundant. They had a set of twins. Sure. And little girls. And they were, so like we had seen them in the neighborhood. Um, Mike and I, Mike had talked to him before, didn't really care for him that much, but we happened to be in the side yard this is our old home and he was talking to us and then he said oh i wanted to show you that i redid all these things in the basement so you <laughs> she has gotten her okay interruption, interruption. from louise louise has found the carryout bag she's full in it she's full in it yeah, yeah that sounds right just her tiny head's poking out she loves a good bag from a here good box. you could not tell that she is a full-bodied cat you would think that's a kitten she has smushed herself. Oh, she's also pushed out the dirty napkin. That oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Good, Good job. You. Good job, Louise. Good for you. Man, she is vying to she be a, a co-host. Are you wanting me to take you? <laughs> In this bag? <laughs> so, anyway. So, I, okay. I We walk. So, we walk from the side yard, and we went around the back down into his basement. Like, it had a slider, right? Uh, so okay. You could, so, you didn't go through the front of the house. You went down the back. Okay. It is only when we turn around to close the slider that I realize Mike didn't follow. <gasps> and it's literally me and this guy. And he turns around, and he shuts the slider. <gasps> and I'm like, oh, yeah, the paint looks great. And I... He's showing me rooms and telling me about how they lock from the outside. What? And I was like, I don't understand. And I was like, I already thought he was weird. So I didn't ask any follow-up questions. I'm like, why am I? I don't want to know why your room's locked from the outside. So he's opening them to show me and acting like I'm going to go in and look. And I'm just standing in the hallway. I'm like, looks good. So then I see that there's stairs that go upstairs. And I was like, oh, I better get going. And I went up the stairs because I figured that's where the wife and kids are. right? Yeah. So unless they're in on the sick plot, he's probably not going to murder me in right, front of them. Right, 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 right. So I go up the stairs, and his wife's face when I come up the stairs is like, why are you in my basement? Both of the girls are at the piano playing at the same time. When I tell you that the level of creepy went from like 7 this is like the shining. to 27, yeah. I was like, I just, he's going to show me the basement. I need to go. <laughs> Out the front door. I get home. Zach and Mike are both inside watching TV. And I walked in the door and I shut it and I came down to the living room and I said, what in the actual fuck? You wanted me to die? Like, what is How this? How dare you leave me? And he's like, yeah, where have you been? I was like, where? Where have I been? And I said, I, he asked us to go look at that thing. I turned around and you weren't there. And he's like, I didn't hear any part of that conversation. He's like, I was not even paying attention. He shut the door behind me and talked about outside locks. Yeah, that's what I told him. I said, so at what point were you going to come looking for me? He's like, I thought you walked around the back of the house and were doing something outside. I didn't realize you followed him. So I don't even know what point in the conversation Mike had exited, but he had exited before that. And then his follow-up thing was like, I don't, why would you follow him? I'm like, <gasps> well, I thought that. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was rough. It was oh, not good. Oh, Michael. Mm-hmm. All those nice things we said about you being best friends with Mark Wahlberg. I take them all back. Take them back. Unless you have learned your lesson from that moment. He did. Okay, he did. good. But then I absolutely refused to even like engage with that person. Hell that no. Because I felt like I got away with my life and I shouldn't tempt fate again. 
why would you tell someone that you have outside locks? And also, why do when, you have outside when, locks? Why do you have them? And when you purchase outside locks, do they put you on a watch list? Because they should. They should. They should. You have two young children. Why do you have outside locks? Why are they on the piano at the same time? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Were they it. dressed the same? Yeah. Oh, they no. Always, they were always dressed the same. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, and they were real quiet. They would never talk. Even if you spoke to, yeah, it wasn't great. This is terrible. Couple that with the kid who thought he always saw a murder clown and was best friends with Mike, that little guy on the bike. <laughs> he was obsessed with Mike. And so if he heard Mike's truck or he saw that Mike was coming home, he would fly down his driveway on the bike. Mike, 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 Mike. That's what you would hear until Mike would pay attention to him. And then he would be like, I saw a murder clown today. What? He always led with a murder clown. And we're like, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true, but okay. And Mike would always engage. He'd be like, well, what'd you do? Well, I ran. That's smart. That's okay. What? What? Are we having this conversation? And then we decided to move. You yeah, that's see why. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Whew, that's yeah, terrifying. Sorry. Anyway, that was a tangent. If I had known you then, I would have been Molly and I would have come I for guess. you. I feel much better now knowing yeah. that if that were You could have texted me. We needed a, we need a secret code for word for when you're in a basement and yes. there's outside locks. Yes. Yes. What do you think that code word should be? <laughs> yeah, what should that code word be? <laughs> Maybe it's just creep. Yeah, creep. Yeah. Creep alert. Yeah. Something's going down. And then creep is a cue for me to, like, I need to connect with you, like, on Friend Finder or something so that I can immediately find your location. Yes. And yeah. then check in and say, why is she texting me creep? Yes. Because something's yeah. going down. Uh-huh. I also like the idea of it being something a little more, like, porcupine. <laughs> And I like that too. That it's not totally related. No, it's like a code. Yeah, it's a code. Yeah. and then because then I, I kind of like the idea of you having to try and get the police involved and be like, she texts porcupine. She texted porcupine. That's, that's the biggest SOS you can. Yeah. and then having to be like, mm, is it? Is it though? Like, listen. That's how codes work. Yes. <laughs> you miss that day at the academy. That's how codes. Don't you work. know your history? Yeah. God, doubting me. Anyway, okay, anyway. so my pop culture pick, yeah. I rode, I went with some of the this this nostalgic music feeling. Oh, nice. It's kind of a two-for-one okay. is what you're getting. Okay. And I'm recommending that you watch both Woodstock documentaries. Oh, my. And by Woodstock, I mean Woodstock 99. I don't mean Woodstock 69. Oh, boy. I mean Woodstock 99. On you Netflix. The, the massive clusterfuck of sexual violence. And, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Netflix, it's called Trainwreck, Woodstock 99. And HBO, it's called Music Box, Woodstock 99, Peace, Love, and Rage. Yeah. So I picked it for this theme because as you alluded to, what came out after that festival ended was just horror stories of awfulness, things that happened. But what... And you may or may not have heard at that time, depending on your age and all of that stuff. But what I found most fascinating about the documentaries and why I picked it for this is that they were really focused on the fact that the guy that founded Woodstock 69 was in, also did the 99 one. Hmm. And his whole idea was that in 69, there was this sort of like coming together about this idea of war and peace, right? So he thought that there needed to be like a collective reason that people got together. And for him, it was going to be gun violence. We need to get rid of the guns. It was coming off of Columbine. We need All to focus right. on gun violence. So that was the whole reason. And he basically what it comes down to is they fundamentally say a lot of the artists that were there too say that they feel that that was never going to work because of the culture of guys at that time. But mostly because when they put Woodstock together, their headliners were people like 
Limp Biscuit, <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, Kid Rock. Yeah, this These, whole like new metal phase that was like yeah, that was just yeah, ragey and yes. angry and corn and uh-huh. just like coming at it, and it brought this kind of idea that. And when you had all these guys there together collectively. Very certain kind of guys, too. A very certain mm-hmm. kind of guy. And then on top of it, the whole thing was a train wreck. They didn't have infrastructure set up at all. So there was really no checks and balances for anyone. It sort of created this, like, anger, rage, I get what I want feeling. Uh-huh. And that's where all these these assaults came from and sexual violence, all these horrible things that happened as a result of that. And so I thought it was so interesting paired with this week because they really it really came down to this this almost idea of group think of all these guys yeah. getting together and being like oh yeah this is all okay and then the organizers being surprised like oh well we didn't what happened what did you think and yeah it, uh i like both of them this is why i'm recommending both the first one the first one we watched was the one on netflix and it focused a lot more on I want to say a little bit more on the like the artists that were there and their role in it. Um, oh. They they pointed out the fact that there was only three female artists the whole weekend. That a lot of the people that were there, that wasn't even you know they weren't picked because they were peaceful or the songs yeah. that they promoted. They were popular. Um, and the second one really focused a lot on the inf- infrastructure problems. You know that they didn't have waste management lined mm-hmm. up. They didn't have adequate water supply. All of these things that had happened. But what the, in both of them. There's a promoter, and his name is John Shear. And I, if you are looking for a new person to vilify, Ooh. or you need a new villain or a new person to yeah. hate, you've got to watch both of these because you just want to punch that guy in the face every time he talks. I mean, the things that come out of that guy's mouth are just unbelievable. And you can see why this just was a train wreck. Wow. You can see why they call it train wreck. You can see why it was because he had he didn't give two shits about anyone at that place and he didn't give two shits about the idea of Woodstock he cared only about making money yeah and it was interesting because they talked about there was a Woodstock in 94 yeah yeah and they talked about the fact that uh in terms of success it was better obviously than this one because of infrastructure all the violence and stuff but they didn't make any money they didn't because they they hadn't built it right and the fences ended up coming down and basically everyone got in for free. So there was this huge <laughs> yeah. pressure going into ninety nine that make it money. had to make yeah. money. And so it's so interesting to see that. It's interesting they talked to a lot of different artists in both of them, which I appreciated. Yeah. Like they they had different things to say and different perspectives. Um they talked to Moby in one of them and his viewpoint was very different than, you know, like he said, I got off the bus and he said, I don't know how to describe this to anyone, but we were going to walk around, you know, before, and I had this idea, Woodstock. Yeah, you know, and yeah. He's like, I got off the bus and he said, I took two steps off our tour bus and I turned around and said, something is wrong. Like, Oof. I don't know if we should do this. Like, I don't know if we should play here. Like, yeah. something is wrong. Wow. And yeah, it was just very interesting. They talk a lot about Fred Durst. They blame yeah. him for some of the stuff because they said that he came on at a pivotal time when the crowd was really hyped up. Everybody was hot. It was, the heat index was crazy. Um, and he basically could have like maybe brought the crowd uh-huh. down, but instead did the opposite. But then other people are like, look, that's what you hired him to do. I mean, that was his that's, whole... As a performer. Yeah. yeah. And you hire Limp Biscuit. That's what you're going to get. That's yeah. what you're going to get. So mm-hmm. how do you blame him for putting on what he considered a good show? Mm-hmm. It's your job to have the crowd control, not his, you know? So it's fascinating. They're both pretty quick, like... Um, 
the that Netflix one might be just a little bit longer. Like it's, I think it's broken into episodes, but the HBO one's like an hour and 20 minutes or something. And I, I really truly enjoyed both. And I thought it's horrific and, and trigger warning because there is a lot of discussion of assault and sexual violence. Um, but but looking at it as a culture and looking at it as how we sort of allowed that to happen yeah. by giving passes to these certain things mm-hmm. is very, it was an interesting, interesting take on it. It was interesting to see it play out like that. Well, I remember too, even at the time, the rhetoric was more about like, oh, these spoiled kids rioting because their water's too expensive. They weren't even talking about like the sexual violence. They weren't talking about right. any of the real dark stuff. Mm-hmm. It was an excuse for like, older people to shit on the younger generation which is you know a time-honored tradition everyone does that but yeah it was like it was all the talk was all about the wrong things and yeah and that is true like they were talking about the the water being too expensive but the reality is is that it was i mean they were just gouging people and the heat index was 120 and the the rest of the water things weren't working so i mean truly not an acceptable condition yeah. for anyone regardless so and Jesus. they but they talked to they they explored that too like with some of the vendors talking about how like the prices were set by the people putting it on they didn't even have like their own freedom to be able to do what they thought was oh, right yikes. and yeah there was some is fascinating it's fascinating from an infrastructure perspective it's fascinating from a music perspective from a people perspective there's just so many interesting factors there Mm -hmm. and to listen to them just to watch that john sheer guy in press conferences was fascinating the way he handled stuff was just unbelievable pretty good pretty good i'm just saying pretty good i mean we've got louise who is uh making her presence known again also we have thelma here like this is a podcast palooza here yeah i don't know maybe it's because we're recording downstairs outside mm-hmm. of our usual because it's too freaking hot upstairs maybe they maybe they also just felt like they had things to say about the male gaze maybe they do you know i mean they live with a let's be honest a uh a not very enlightened male and yeah and that so is the thing. they saw t- the two of us and they're like let's contribute to this feminist discussion yes and we appreciate it. Yeah, we do. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I like it. We never get that. We never any, do. You know, no, we did yeah. at the beginning sometimes. Yeah, because we were more of a curiosity, but then we got yeah. boring to them. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm both over here now. Oh, boy. Well, I think Thelma might be interested in this bag. Yeah. Like, wait, what are you doing having fun with this? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Louise is not giving it up. Just I'm for not- just, I know you can't see this, listeners, but Louise is not seceding ground. <laughs> that is not going to happen for you, Thelma. I, I wouldn't feel too bad about this for Thelma. She's got plenty of other places to go. This they is just a novelty a, issue. A cat wonderland. Yeah, thing. yeah. That's true. This is a, you know. They're also both angrily staring at their cat carrier. So, oh, yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I left it there to sort of, you know, just normalize it. Yeah, So that, smart. you know, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, which sometimes works. But then mm. maybe every once in a while they, they just get an realize, angry oh, feeling. that's the thing that takes me away. That's the thing that takes me to that guy I don't like. To get shots. Yeah. And to get something pushed up my butt. I don't like it. What is that? They put a thermometer up their butt oh, to test right, their right, temperature. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, on that note. On that note. <laughs> cat butt thermometers. We're going to call we it an are, episode. Yep, on that note, we are marking the end of summer. We end are of summer. Marking Hallelujah. The, <laughs> marking the end of our 80s pop uh, theme songs. Yes. Bring on the fall. Oh, God, yeah. I think finally this year I have become a fall person. Not 
let's be clear, not like a pumpkin spice crazy. Are you sure? That, you need me to bring you some pumpkin no, spice? No, I'm very okay. sure. More of like, oh, I finally get why change in seasons is good because I am miserable. I, I think uh-huh. just the heat, I am just done. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I didn't used to be this way. It's probably, you know, age yeah. and physical stuff and mm-hmm. all of that. Well, you know, I've, I've really tried over the last year to embrace this idea that I don't have to be someone I'm not. So I've given up the idea that I have to spend that time outdoors. Yeah. If that's not me, that's okay. Yeah. They're outdoorsy people. And that is great for you. I'm happy for you. I love that. That feels like a connective thing for you. It does not. It does me. not for me. So no, I'm okay. I've spent most of the summer inside. Yeah. And I feel good about mm-hmm. it. I'm excited for the end of summer because children are back in school. Man, this week was good for you. It was good for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tuesday was your Independence Day. It was. Yeah. I just ran around screaming freedom <laughs> with my audiobook at 20, volume 20. And, yeah, you did. Uh-huh. You didn't have anyone coming to you and asking you questions? No. Trying to get meals from you? I didn't have to make meals and snacks and yeah. break up fights and tell people to get off screens and tell people to shower for the first time in three days or... Heaven forbid, sound like a parent say, get outside. I don't want to oh, see God. you. You know, yeah. it's just. Well, I'm very happy for you. Thank you. And your newfound freedom. Mm-hmm. I do feel good about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was just thinking that like about how weekends go so quickly. But then I was like, but Monday's also a glorious Feels day. Feels real good. It's a glorious day. <laughs> so you've got a new lease on life. New lease on life. As we leave August behind. See ya. And who knows, maybe we'll have uh, another theme, you know. You never know. Coming, come you never know. It. You never know. You never know. We might move into 90s. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We might get real selective and say only hits from the 2010s. Good Lord, we might. You Wouldn't that be crazy? Well, done crazier. Also, our definition of hits from the 2010s will be different from maybe other people's because, you know, we reached a certain age at which yeah. pop culture changed. I couldn't even name something. I couldn't even name. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay, Erin. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that's all right. Well, we'll be back a couple weeks. Yep. Hot new take. Maybe we'll have Thelma and Louise join us again. Maybe. Maybe they'll tell us their latest plans for a feminist crime spree. I hope so. Or maybe they'll just focus on a paper bag again. Either way, I'm fine with it. Yeah, me too. In the meantime, happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they are coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> and because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. 
Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.